Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Creepy Campfire Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And Jordan. Jordan, it's good to have you back. It's good to be here. Yeah. You you missed out on the last episode. Yeah, the mini-sode. Even though I said that you were coming back, I'm sure some people thought that you had died and would never return. Yeah, the one the one absence counts counts as that. That's death. You'd you'd fall into the conspiracy. I will be here for the next one, trust me guys. Yes. You're actually you're hosting the next next one. Oh, the mini sode, yes. Well, yeah. well Well both the regular episode and we'll talk about the mini sode. Yeah. Do you know what you're gonna your your next main episode topic is gonna be? Yes. It is going to be when we come back next week, guys, I'm going to come at you with, uh, we're going to go back to 1910 and the disappearance of a New York socialite named Dorothy Arnold, who went missing in December of that year. Oh. They haven't figured out her case to this day. I'm looking forward to that because I have no idea who that is. Well, you suggested disappearances, and I was like, we haven't done one of those yet. It's a cool new subcategory. Give it a shot. Well, you know, we're... We're we're in Halloween month now, so true. We got to bring out some good heavy hitters, and I thought a good good disappearance story that hasn't been figured out yeah would, would fit right in there. Should be should be a good one. Yeah, so we're doing that one. I've already got my what our, what our final episode that we're probably going to drop on Halloween day is going to be okay. And I am going to do what's probably my favorite Halloween creature, which is werewolves. Okay. Yeah. Cool. My favorite like classic. Like monster movie yeah, thing the, is the, the mummy. What Jack Dracula but, werewolf? Yeah, I always like the mummy, but there's not creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes, but there's not a lot of mythos for those. Not like there is the werewolf for sure. Yeah. So we're gonna. What was her name again? Dorothy. Dorothy Arnold. Dorothy Arnold, and then we'll have another Urban Legends episode for you guys, and then we're gonna hit you hard with the werewolves. Yeah. But this episode, you don't know what it's about, right, Jordan? Um, I heard that it's about something from Kentucky. Yes, just where you're from. Yes, I'm. I'm a little salty with all with Kentucky right now because I lived there for 14 years and mm-hmm. never heard of this. And I just found out about it recently. And apparently, it's one of the largest and most cited UFO encounters out there. Yet still a very well kept secret. Apparently, since I never found out about it. Yeah. But we're going to talk about the day, and it is the Hopkinsville Goblins. Goblins. I don't okay. know why they're consi- like they call them the Hop- Hopkinsville Goblins because majority of what you read about this mm-hmm. is UFOs. So is yeah. Hopkinsville where where it takes place? Is that in Kentucky? Yes. Hopkinsville, Kentucky. It's a, it's a small town in Kentucky. Um, technically, it occurs in Kelly, Kentucky, which is like mm-hmm. a kind of like a unincorporated area at that time. It is just farmland. So but people call it like how you call like neighborhoods and boroughs, but they're not a city. Okay. Kelly. So what did Hopkinsville just, was that easy? Like, was that a better name for it? Was it was the closest. Or? It was just like a couple miles out. Something bigger that you could relate it to. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly's just like a neighborhood. If we have any Sacramento listeners, it's like, like Natomas to Sacramento. But you're from Lexington. I am. And so where is that in relation? So I'm from Lexington, which is in the center of the state. Um, it's the second biggest city. Uh, lived there for a while, but then I moved out to about as far east as you can go in Pikeville, Kentucky, when that's Pikeville. that's coal mine region. Mm-hmm. Both very pretty. Both have their own own things. So. Mm-hmm. But or where is um, Hopkinsville, Hopkinsville in relation? 
you know that's a good question <laughs> so hopkinsville is is western kentucky it's really close to that that tennessee border oh, okay uh you know real in in, in the heartland of america all yeah. the farming and everything like that and before we get into this if any any jokes come out like we've already talked about i'm from kentucky these are my people so we are not calling people hicks and if any jokes come about like it's my people i'm allowed to call them hicks yeah so those are your people man right <laughs> you're entitled i'm not I w- even I though my say, people kept this from me i won't say anything i am california born and raised so well it's a lovely place here as well well yeah it's fun much more farming in California than I expected. Yeah, probably. Like everybody just thinks not. of L.A. and San Francisco, but let me let me be the first to let mm-hmm. y'all know. It's like, if you don't already, there's there's a lot of agriculture here. Yeah, yeah. Then Sacramento, which is where we're we're out of, is the farm to fork capital, mm-hmm. and that's great for us because we love our foodie spots. Oh my God, so much food. Yes, so much food, so much food. But let's get into these these alien goblins. Yeah, I want to hear about them. So. I'm going to start off and just give you kind of a a good summary summary of the entire encounter, and okay. then we'll, we'll dive into it. Cool. All right. Is it just the one encounter? Yeah. It's just the one night. One sighting. One. One. Cool. But it was a very long and rather intense sighting. Okay. So let's get into it. Let's go it. for a trip. <laughs> a trip indeed. <laughs> On August 21st, 1955, a family was gathering at home, most notably among them, the mother of the house, Mrs. Lankford, her son, Lucky Sutton, and family friend, Billy Ray Taylor. These guys are going to be important because Lucky and Billy, they do the majority of the talking with the press, the authorities. You don't get to just call him Billy. Oh, I'm sorry, Billy Ray. He is Billy Ray. Yes. Billy Ray. And of course, there had to be one. You have to have a two name. You have to have a two name. Okay, sorry. Continue. No, no, you're good. (laughs) So, on this evening of August 21st, 1955, Billy Ray goes out to the well. Now, this is 1955. They don't have running water in the home. I do believe they have electricity, uh, but it wasn't common for the area. Farm region, you have your your running water outside. Mm -hmm. So, Billy Ray goes out to the well to draw some water, and he can't believe what he sees a round metallic object streaking across the sky with a rainbow-colored pattern, possibly exhaust, streaking behind it. It goes ahead of him at a clearing right past a tree line, and, and it seems to land. Billy Ray rushes inside to tell the rest of the family what he sees, but nobody believes him. And we'll get a little bit more into why Billy Ray is not the most believable gentleman later on. It's a little unfair, but it needs to be mentioned. So he keeps trying to tell him, hey... I'm not, I saw this metallic object streak through the sky. It landed like it's right here by the house, and everyone's telling him, no, no, no. Like, it's well known that a meteor shower was going on the same night. They're like, you just saw a meteor. Oh. Yeah. So, like, it's pretty, it, the family was up front about that. Like, no, you didn't see this. It was a meteor shower. Oh, they know. Yeah. They weren't just some country bumpkins that thought things were falling out of the sky. Well, a little while later, the family dog begins to start barking. And he runs out the back door. Billy Ray and Lucky follow behind the dog. And then they notice, coming out of the tree line, standing about three feet tall, they had short legs, long arms with clawed talons, long ears, and two large glowing eyes coming out of the tree line. They appeared to be in metallic skin suits. 
and they were coming toward the house. And once they noticed that these creatures weren't stopping, Lucky and Billy Ray ran inside and grabbed a 20-gauge shotgun and 22 rifle. And right as they got to the back, back screen door, they started to open fire. But once they shot, the creatures didn't die. They said it sounded like they heard a metallic ping, like if you shot a tin roof or a tin can, and the creature simply somersaulted backward and floated away. <laughs> so, let me stop you there. Okay. So, okay, so Billy Ray is, is apparently not a, not a reputable character. He's been known to, what, cry wolf a couple times? Is that why his family well, let, Let's go ahead and get into Billy Ray. So, Billy Ray, family friend, is a carny. Of course he is. And then... <laughs> And see, that's, with a name like Billy Ray, right? And and that's where a lot of it, a lot of skepticism comes in because people are like, "Oh, he's a carny. Carnies are known for telling tall tales." But here's the thing: it's not just Billy Ray that's seeing this. There's eleven family members at this home witnessing this. So there's eleven people all witnessing this go down. Okay. Now, I think carnies get a little bit of a bad rap, especially carnies at this time in America, because um, it's the 50s. And especially if you live in farmland, K- Kentucky, and you want to get off the farm and you want to go see the world, there's usually like two ways to go about that. You can join the military or you can join a circus. Well, I was going to say, it's not like you see a whole lot of traveling circuses nowadays. Yeah, and back then it was it was the thing. The circus mm-hmm. came to town. Everyone wanted to go. Yeah. So I think carnies of that era get a little bit of a bad rap. Well, but they get they get a rap nonetheless. They like, de- yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why and and Billy Ray was kind of the storyteller of the family. That's why when he came in, the family was like, "No, you didn't see that flying saucer." But they're all uh, they're all adding to this account of mm-hmm. seeing these these little men come out from the tree line and begin to I don't want to say attack the house, but at least approach the house. Okay. So you okay? So you had said that they're approaching, and mm-hmm. the guys go and grab their guns. Guys go and grab the guns, and they actually, without trying to make any sort of communication with them, they just start firing at them. They did. They, I mean, they waited until the things were peering in the house at them. Okay. So they, you know, you're you're in my comfort zone at this point. If you wanted to talk to me, I feel like you would have. Before you tried to come inside the house, you would have been like, hey. Well, yeah, they're creepy, but I wouldn't just, well, I, I don't know. Well, gun use was probably a little bit more. Uh, Free? <laughs> yeah. More more freely used in. Well, plus you're on farmland. You yeah. hunt regularly. Um, you, you have pests that you have to drive out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're going to affect the crops, affect mm-hmm. any, any uh, livestock you might have at the time. So you you get handy with a gun. A gun is more of a tool in that area than it is a weapon in like a, a more urban area. Well, I mean, but you would think Billy Ray, being being a man of the of the circus cloth, would maybe cloth? yeah would maybe <laughs> would maybe like take these little guys. Is it a sparkly? Try cloth? to make them. Try to make them. Well, probably <laughs> try to make them part of like the attraction or something. Not just haul off and kill him. Well, that's the that's one of the arguments for Billy Ray actually, because a lot of people are like, "Oh, he's a carny. He's trying to like spin this." And but he, it wasn't like he's the ringleader of the circus. It wasn't like he tried to capture one of these and bring it in and try to make some money off of it. No, he wanted them all dead. 
Yeah, they wanted them out of their house. <laughs> They're trying to have a nice evening, and they've got people approaching the house. So let me get back into it. Okay. So they're shooting them. They're hearing this metal ping when they're shooting them. These guys are deflecting the bullets. And they're, it's it's really weird. When they get shot, like I said, they do kind of like a somersault backwards, and they just kind of float away. It's not like they're falling to the ground in pain or dying because they're being shot. So they are like Cybermen. You know, I don't. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Cybermen? Come on. Everybody knows Dragon Ball Z, little alien-looking dudes. They somersault when you hit them or Heads kick explode. them in the face. And then they either explode or they fly upward and away from you. And then you go kick them again. And then they give you a deadly hug and blow up. Another another word for the Hopkinsville Goblins. Straight up Cybermen. That's where Dragon Ball Z got it. Done. I feel like Cybermen are a lot more menacing than these guys. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> so they're shooting them. They're flying away. Now, how long do you expect this to go on? Hopefully, as short a time as possible. But, like, if you had to guess. 15 minutes, at most. Try a little over three hours. What? A little over three hours of these beings, like, coming to the window and being shot. Coming to the door, being shot. Them going outside after these creatures, shooting them. And I'm talking, like, confirmed hitting them. And they keep coming. These guys at one point, Lucky Sutton goes out the front door and they grab his hair. One was on the little overhang above the front door and grabbed his hair, and he runs inside. And then someone comes around the corner and shoots it off of the roof. Huh? Three hours. They went through four shell boxes of twenty twenty-two rounds. Okay, wait. They grabbed whose hair? Lucky Sutton. So the big two guys in this one are Billy Ray and Lucky yeah. Sutton. So what is the rest of the family doing while these two guys are out there shooting at these things? So I, there's, I actually, I think there was one other person, um, but I think he only made one shot on, the, like, on the creature. Throwing they're, knives and pans out the door at them? Or they're what? just hanging in the house because there are a few, few kids present, so they're trying to keep the kids safe. Uh, Mama Lankford, I think that's what I'm going to call her, Mama Lankford Mama instead Lankford. of Miss Lankford. Uh, Mama Lankford, you know, she was hanging out inside and everything. everyone was just trying to stay safe. So they're shooting these off, and it's not like they're going way out into the field. They're staying pretty close to home, and they're just trying to keep them off their house. Mm-hmm. Um, so they keep shooting and shooting and shooting, and it's not—it's just not going anywhere. So there's a little bit of a lull in the action, uh, and they decide to make a break for it. So they run out to the, the, the trucks and cars, and they book it to the nearest police station. And they make it to the police station. Um, they bust through the door and, and start to tell the officers on duty what was going on, and were very frantic about it. And the officers, they recognized something was going on, and they went back to the farmhouse with them. Okay. Now, there is – skeptics also say that these were uh, a bunch of drunk farmers that were spinning some tall tales. Okay. Now, I don't buy that one bit for a couple of reasons. The first reason is if some drunk farmers busted through the police station door – I don't think that these officers would agree to go back to the farmhouse with them. You wouldn't think. You would think they'd recognize pretty quickly that they were drunk, and they'd probably put them in the drunk tank. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have a breathalyzer back then, but still. Yeah, you can still tell, especially yeah. if you're drunk to the point where you're making up alien encounters. Well, and that would have been moonshine, so they would have been real drunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you would have smelled it on their breath, possibly their clothes, they would have. it would have been apparent. You would, Yeah, you would think so. But... So these officers agreed to go back with them. And not only the officers, um, several military police also get wind of this. They also swing by, as does a journalist. There's kind of varying 
reports of, of who all does show and who does investigations, a, a array of numbers of these people show up. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people there, some very official officers and official officials yes okay uh but anyway so these officers go back to the home with them and they they're not seeing any signs of anything there's no footprints Um, there's no blood namely there's no fur no skin nothing like that that you would assume would have been shot off in this four hours of shooting no green or blue ectoplasmic (laughs) yeah nothing of that (laughs) nature the only thing they did find, however, was they did inspect the home and notice that there were shots that came from inside the home. So it wasn't like they just showed up and made this story up. There was at least definitely shooting from inside of the home. Well, they had shot from inside the home, didn't they? Exactly. But what I'm getting at is they didn't just make this all up. Oh, yeah. There was at least bullet holes in their in their walls. Well, yeah, and they wouldn't be shooting at nothing. You wouldn't think. Exactly. I don't know about you, but I like my house. I don't want to put holes into it that I'm going to have to go back and fix myself later. No, especially not when a lot of it does, when it's probably a lot of wood. And it's you're trying to keep your heat in. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm not trying to make my house Swiss cheese. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Uh, the police did notice a a few beer cans, but it was <laughs> it was literally just a few beer cans. Okay. Nothing near what would cause the intoxication that it would take to make up something like this. They didn't see the grain distiller in the basement? <laughs> no. No, they did not. <laughs> Apparently, Mama Langford was very admin of no liquor in the house. Um, she was okay with a little beer every now and then, but very admin, no liquor, no moonshine, nothing like that nature in the house. Go Mama Langford. Right. And and these beer cans, they were in like they were in the trash area. They weren't like strewn about the house like they just had some wild bonfire. Okay. So, we got bullet holes in the house. Police came out. And they were there for a little over an hour. They did a, a actual investigation. They didn't just show up to shut up these farmers so they can go back and get some sleep. Uh, but the only thing I could find were the bullet holes. So, after about an hour, they went. They, they left. Uh, told them, you know, any other issues, let us know. We'll come back out. Okay. Uh, so, the family, they, what else can you do? Try to get some sleep. We're at about... We're about 2 o'clock in the morning when the officers leave Mm -hmm. now. Four-hour gun battle. Everyone lays down, and about an hour later, Mama Langford wakes up. She's sleeping, facing the window, and she's looking at the window, and there's one of the monsters peering through with its huge glowing eyes. She screams, because obviously you're going to scream in that situation. Mm -hmm. And then her son runs in, and even though she was telling him, like, don't shoot, he shot anyway and busted this thing through the window. And another then, ping. <laughs> another ping. Another metallic ping. Ping, ping, okay. ping, ping. And, and shoots it, and it, it flows off. And I think for about another hour or so, they're shooting these things again before they're finally gone. And after that, they're gone. They have an armory. Right? Let me tell you. Jeez. Well, 22 rounds, they're pretty cheap. And yeah. they're, they're small, you know. One box, I, one, one shell, shell box, I think, has 100 rounds in it. So. Okay. But with that considered, or it might be 50 rounds. Might depend also on what kind of box you get. It's a lot of bullets. Either way, they went through over four boxes. And that's just 22. That doesn't count the 20 gauge shotgun rounds Mm -hmm. they were popping off. Mm -hmm. So, after this final encounter, they shoot it through the window. They have a couple couple more shots going after things. Uh, They finally disperse. They get some rest. Next morning comes. Now, next morning comes. Uh, a few people come out. There is a news article the very next day about this. They they really got on it quick, but they they couldn't really find anything. 
like I said, with all of this shooting, you would expect there to be something, but there was nothing. Okay, so wait, so they never went to go try to check out the actual like initial landing spot? Well, that was a little tricky. So where that tree line was and where they had landed right beyond that tree line was te- was another another person's property. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't really, you couldn't just go through on someone else's property. Okay. Yeah, so there, that was the issue with that. So that's why they, they didn't check out the landing site. And I do believe, I think maybe journalist or someone went through later and they couldn't find impressions of where you would expect from a landing site. Yeah. So there was nothing of that nature. Like I said, that was later on. That wasn't the very day that it happened. Mm-hmm. But that was the only encounter. It wasn't like a week later they came through and they, they got tormented by them again. That was all they had seen of them. Hmm. So for th- four hours almost total combined, mm-hmm. they're just unloading shells and bullets on these things. Yeah. To no avail. And then they just up and disappear again? Yeah. Okay. And that's why they went to the police to begin with, because they were going to handle this themselves. And they go there, and they're like, guys, we need help. We need you to help us get rid of these. Yeah. Because we're trying everything we know how. We don't know what to do. And none of them at the time were like, maybe we should try to capture one. They all just wanted to Well, if I'm shooting something and it's not having much effect, I don't know how I'm going to try to capture it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how I'm going to communicate with it because you would assume during that that someone would say something. Well, one plus of the if, you, if you start if you start first thing with shots that I'm assuming probably even though they're not killing these things are somewhat unpleasant to them, they're probably not going to respond in kind. Well, no, but you would you would think you would you would hear some kind of auditory response from them even if it's just like an owl yeah or or something like an animal will whimper when you or something you know yeah some sort of thing i'm it's hmm okay so having not looked into this thing at all okay so you you having having looked into it getting your information and what you have what do you think about it like what's do you think it's bold i think it happened for sure you think it happened, but I think the debate is not so much what if it happened or not. It's more so what were they? Okay. So here comes another skeptic theory that I hate so much, and everyone that's listened to the last episode knows my hatred for them, and that it is said that they were barn owls. Barn owls. Barn owls. Oh, I forgot to mention something. So. Throughout all of this, four hours of shooting, um, there's various reports on how many of the creatures were seen. I think the original newspaper article printed that there was an army of 12 of them. Uh, huh. Yeah. But it we we, need, we should mention that there was only actually two seen at one time. Okay. <laughs> but you got to think, like, they're sitting there shooting back and forth and back and forth. Like, either these things are incredibly quick or mm-hmm. they're shooting a couple. They're backing into, it, like, the tree line to hide for a second a couple other are coming from another side. So there there could be, if I had to guess, there could be up to six to eight of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was only two, but there were only two seen at one time. Okay. So that that should be should be stated. But barn owls are what people attributed this to, and I think that's total crap. Because well, I, say, I don't think you'd hear a metallic ping if you shot a barn owl. I'm pretty yeah. sure you'd hear a, a flutter and then 
nothing. When you, even if you wanted to argue that that was a, they had shot an owl and it could be a, a bullet uh, reflecting off of a roof or something like that, mm-hmm. and that's what the noise was. Even if you wanted to argue that, I know that a twenty gauge shotgun and a twenty two round, both of those are kind of light for the respected weapons yeah like a 22 rifle is not something you're gonna go kill some big game with no you could but you're you're gonna if you want that instant kill you're gonna use a bigger bigger round yeah you're kind of just a dick if you go with a 22 yeah no but if you shoot you or me with it like it might not kill us depending where you hit it but it's gonna hurt us pretty badly oh yeah and especially if you shoot an owl with that it's going to pretty much kill them a 20 gauge shotgun is what you would go out and hunt turkey with there would be no more owl no, <laughs> there's shot one with it. No, it'd be gone. So I'm not buying that at all. Well, plus you wouldn't. I mean, with the mom supposedly having seen glowing eyes later on that night. I mean, don't get me wrong. Their eyes are huge. They're not going to be glowing the dark or luminescent though. Well, there is. A, I can't remember the phenomenon. Not not really phenomenon. Just the natural reaction to that. Um, what's that called? Is it, is it just eye glow? There's a scientific thing it, for maybe. that. I don't. But it's eye shine. That's the that's eye the one shine? I think. Yeah, where where you would see like uh, like a fox at, in the night and how its eyes like oh. kind of looks like it's glowing if you hit or like a deer, like deer in the headlights. Well, okay, well just well yeah, and like a cat's. I mean, you could look under you know you, a cat's hiding under the bed and you yeah can't see it, but then you get a glimpse of its eyes and you can there's kind of like a weird. It's almost like oil hitting water. That kind of yeah, refraction of light. Totally. Okay. Well, well that, maybe. And yeah. that's why they bring owls up because owls large eyes mm-hmm. would attribute to the large eyes and eye shine yeah so i still have to this day not seen a three foot tall bird owl though either well to be fair i want to say barn owls which are what this is attributed to yeah i believe that large barn owls can reach two two and a half feet okay if i'm if i'm right about that and then of course that's you can not exaggerate. big enough to be the Mothman, which they're also attributed to, which drives me crazy. <laughs> owls, uh, you know what? Owls aren't real. I'm going to say it. Owls are the conspiracy. Every crazy thing you've ever heard of, it's an owl. Owls are behind it. No, I hate it. I hate it so <laughs> much. Owls, the Men in Black, lizard people. Yeah. Yep. So before we go any further, let's. I'm going to take a second here. I want you to take a look at the the sketches. Okay. Not let me look. Not at that. This not that. Yet. Not oh, that. Not this. No. Okay. So, what do you think? What do you think of that? That's the artist rendering. This is a rendering of the uh, Hop- yes. Hopkinsville Goblin. Yes. The, the Kelly slash Hopkinsville Goblin. Yes. Okay. Um, and I'll give you a little background to where that where that sketch even came from. Yeah. Because I, th- the person that did it, I think did it very well. Well, at least he went about doing it very well. The sketch itself is is it's better than what I could do, but. I have to say, looking at this, I would probably shoot first, ask questions later, too. It, right? That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'll give them that. So, like we've mentioned, the police followed up on this the next day. Yeah. Which, again, I think attributes to at least how much they believed the families. Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't just – you already went out and you investigated in the middle of the night. You Coming back, I think, attests to – how serious they were taking this. If you thought it was a bogus drunk night by some farmers, you wouldn't come back the next morning to follow up on it. Yeah, the Langford family might have a clean slate. They're, they would have no reason not to believe them. Right. So they come back, investigate around, try to see if they can find footprints, anything like that. Of course, nothing was found. And 
the story was starting to spread like wildfire even by the next morning and a radio engineer by the name of bud letford decided to come by and poke around now he was a pretty smart guy he's a radio engineer also operated ham radios um and was a was a fairly talented artist so he thought he would come out and, and try to maybe get some sketches and talk to the family about this okay um when he arrived uh, the men weren't home at the time only the only the women of the house were home um, which i think also points to the fact that these people weren't trying to capitalize off some crazy story yeah because you can expect people to come by shortly after you spin a crazy yarn like this Mm-hmm. So you would want to be by to try to tell all the reporters you can about it. Yeah, you would think that your your key witness or key, you know, your eyewitness mm-hmm. would be there to answer whatever questions. But. Exactly, but they weren't. Especially Mister Carney, Billy Ray, who's known for some tall tales, wasn't there either. And that's the first person you would expect to be around to try to spread this. You did say Billy Ray was not a Langford though. He was a family friend. He was, he was a family friend. Okay. But he was out with, I think him and lucky, they, they were just on, on some, some business at the time, just gotcha. running errands, things like that. Uh, at the time that, yes, at the time that Mr. Letford arrived at the home. So he sat down with, with the ladies of the home mm-hmm. and he tried to, he didn't want to lead them, at all in this he wanted it to be as genuine of their sighting as it could be Um, he didn't want to try to suggest anything nothing like that to try to make this something it wasn't Mm -hmm. so he he spoke with them all individually so that way no one could build off of each other's story and he would piece together his drawing Mm -hmm. and he he went through the majority majority of the ladies at home and finally got his drawing together and about that time that's when the men came home and they saw his drawings laying on the table, and they were like, that's it. That's what we saw last night. Did Had no idea who this guy was or why he was there, but they saw the drawings, and they knew immediately that's what we were shooting for four hours last night that would not die. Hmm. And then he showed these drawings to Mrs. Lankford, who I don't believe was involved in it. I think Mrs. Lankford sounded like she was pretty, like, no-nonsense, which is a lot like a lot of farm people are no nonsense like it's hard work there's a lot of things to do like Mm -hmm. you know we'll cut up a little bit on the weekend but we got some things to do yeah it's not the easiest lifestyle no not at all um so that's i get a little little offended when people talk about farm folk and how they can be a little crazy and like no they're actually pretty no nonsense most of the time Mm -hmm. especially the older folk like mama mama lankford yeah, it's a rough life. So she saw it, and she had such a reaction from it. She was like, yep, that's one of those creatures, and take it away from me because I don't want to look at it no more. She was so traumatized by the event, she couldn't even look at a drawing of these things. I just say, I, I, I have to say, that was real Kentucky sounding of you. I like tried to throw it in thing. a little was, bit. You got a little twang for this one? I like it. <laughs> um, stay true. <laughs> um but I could see from what you showed me, because I know, because now that we're talking about this, I remember you saying that this is what inspired the Pokemon. S- how do you say it? Sab- Sableye? Yes, Sableye. Sab- Sabli? Uh, Sableye? I've always called it Sableye. Yeah. Which, um, fun fact. Totally looks like that, though. Is one of the few, because I think a lot of people by now know that a lot of Pokemon are inspired by kind of like Japanese mm-hmm. um, myth- mythical Myths monsters and legends. and legends and things like that. It's one of the few American ones that have made it in to that. Sableye? Yeah. That's cool. I think that's pretty noteworthy. Hopkinsville Goblin. Right? Huh. All right. So, we've got a four-hour gun battle. 
Mm-hmm. We have a possible UFO landing. We have a confirmed meteor shower, to be all fair. Uh-huh. We have... Which could play heavily into a UFO sighting, depending. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's... I I mean, I I think it adds more to the validity that they're, they didn't try to hide that. Mm-hmm. That up front, people are like, there was a meteor shower this night. Do you think it's like they were in space traffic? And, <laughs> and there was like a little bit of congestion. It was like hail, so they, and they're just trying to get off the road. Yeah, so they just, they just like, this looks good. Park it there. <laughs> We won't get hit down here. Yeah. What's this and then we oh, get God. hit by a rain oh. of bullets. Yeah. <laughs> what are these things? And so we have a battle. We have two investigations at this point. So here's the one thing that I didn't start thinking about till a little before we started recording this episode. This is largely attributed as a UFO encounter. Uh-huh. But what about this makes it? A UFO encounter to you? Well, the the only thing that would make it stand out as a UFO encounter is the potential that there was like some sort of ship. Exactly. That's what I thought about. Was I'm like, if you take the ship away, then then there's you've got you've got nothing that indicates exactly or even suggests. I mean, the maybe the figure of them are kind of stereotypical UFO because they're short, skinny, mm-hmm. little long, little lanky. But nobody knows what a UFO looks like. Right. So if you take this UFO out of the picture, then it's like, oh, there there could be a whole array of things that these could be. Mm -hmm. Like interdimensional beings, uh, goblins, actual goblins. Mutated something or others. No mutated nothing. I I do not believe. Unless it walked out of a No mutations? No. For somebody who loves Fallout as much as you do? I love Fallout, but see... Well, if we ever get into Mothman, they talk about a, a mutated crane possibly being the Mothman, and I think that's totally bogus. Mutated, like the bird? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I can't remember the specific crane, but yeah. That'd be a lot of mutation. Uh, down, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a lot of radiation. That a bird is not a person unless it's a Blaziken. <laughs> this, so is a, this is so a nerdy much episode. Sorry. Sorry, guys. So, if you take away this UFO. Yeah. There's a lot of things this could be. Really quick, touching on the UFO aspect, we you only it was very quick we mentioned and then gone past that. Mm-hmm. So like rainbow trail of uh of whatever in the sky behind. Yeah, it. we're not sure. It could possibly be exhaust. It could be I don't know what it used to get through the the barriers of what's the word i'm looking atmosphere that's the word i'm Atmos- looking for okay how it got through the atmosphere things like we we're not really sure it could have, i don't know uh hmm. but there was rainbow something coming from behind it so taste the rainbow we are not sponsored by skittles we are not <laughs> nope not yet but we would we would oh. love that skittles <laughs> um so again i mean i guess it could be again like the the oil and water kind of thing with whatever moisture up in there in the air mm-hmm. whatever they're using is fuel mm-hmm. maybe but other than that but yeah, we don't really get too much in the far, as far as the ship itself. We we just get him going out to get some water. He sees a streak above him, and then supposedly land behind a tree line, and then that's that's really about it. Nobody gets to see the ship whatsoever. Nope. Yeah. So I don't I, I don't know about I don't know about aliens. That's that's makes it hard for me to with no. I mean, with, I guess, the one account. Mm-hmm. I mean, because at that point, it's only one person that saw mm-hmm. the actual ship. Mm-hmm. I don't know about all that. He might have had a 
beard to more than he said he did. <laughs> uh, Mr. Carney. What was his name? Billy Ray. Billy Ray. <laughs> Billy Ray. Of course. Um, so I think that that kind of puts aliens out of out of the picture for me. I don't I don't see it being an alien thing. I want them to be aliens. I don't know what else they would be, but you know, I I do have to wonder a little bit if they're the little demon creatures. To be honest, little demon creatures, little demon creatures. Now we're probably gonna have some listeners tell us that they're tricksters or what have you, because a lot of a lot of mythos has tricksters in their in their mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I don't really like the idea of of tricksters because I think it. Um, minimalizes the danger of them. I'm like, a demon is a demon. Or tra- are you talking a demon? trickster, like demon? Yeah. Specifically? And I'm like, because some people think they're cute. And I'm like, no, it's a demon. It's not cute. It's, no, you don't mess with it. Yeah. You shoot it like they did. Good job. Good job. Swiss cheese. Shoot your thing. demons. Yeah. Shoot your demons. <laughs> face them. Our next t shirt. Shoot your demons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, face your demons. Shoot them dead. I don't know. Nice ring to it. Because one thing with me is like they, so they had this long encounter with them and then they left and probably about, oh, I'd say, let's give it an hour for them going to get the police and coming back. Yeah. Um, and then another hour that the police were there. Okay. And they didn't see anything, no footprints, no nothing. And these things are gone. And everything was calm during that time. And then all of a sudden they creep back in. Sounds a little spirity to me. Tricky. And so, yeah, they might. I don't know. I don't know what they were, but I, I want to lean not towards aliens as much as I want them to be, actually. I mean, as much as that would put a little pretty bow on this. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't like it. There's no way to know for sure. But I don't like it. Unless we find a real life sable eye somewhere mm-hmm. in Kentucky. But I don't think we're gonna go looking either. No, I've I've been a lot through those woods and hills, and there's some weird stuff in there. I've not ran across anything like that. Dude, one of these days we're gonna have to get into some of those haunted forests. That's that might be one of my. Well, the only one I know of is the one in Japan. There's a lot. Hmm. There's like at least ten. I've looked up. I there's like a. I've seen you know whatever a Facebook thing for like the the dozen of the haunted forests throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Japan ones creepy don't get me wrong they've definitely made multiple movies on that but there's oh, more yeah. than unfortunately just that. yeah those forests nighttime anything beyond normal well i think that's just I'm human nature like if you go back it. thousands of years there's always because we've only just now kind of gotten we have as close together as we are mm-hmm. we we've been spread out for a very long time mm-hmm. a lot of open spaces that's when all these things happen where at night all these weird things mm-hmm. and of course you can say well it's dark obviously you can't see things as well as you would you normally can so that's how you create some of this but i take that a little bit with a grain of salt i don't think everything's an owl or a coyote or a bear well yeah no especially if it's more of an experience and not just a sighting yeah like this one and that's why i want to believe this more than the majority of ufo sighting or alien experiences mm-hmm. that i i read about is because it was four hours long yeah you like, would, i mean usually you just hear like you know they they saw a glimpse of something 
exactly it doesn't look right or, and even if you're only getting a glimpses of these things a you're seeing it for four hours, so you're going to be able to piece all of these glimpses over four hours together to yeah. get a pretty good image, which apparently they did since they gave a good description for the sketch, well, yeah, they've got a which will put the sketch on, on the artist rendering companion blog so you guys can see. But Yeah, I don't... Hmm. Sounds a little harder to tie up because, I mean, there obviously there's not as much on it. It's just the one thing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of standalone in that regard, but definitely it's a fun one Mm -hmm. i like the i like the thought of it it's just one to to speak to this family so that way they don't just sound like a bunch of loons uh, two members of of the family weren't at the house at the time they had their own own homes in hopkinsville um, they had no idea of what had happened until later when all the newspapers and everything started reporting it. Mm-hmm. And then people found out, oh, there's family members in Hopkinsville. Let's interview them. They spoke with them, and they're like, no, that that didn't happen. That's stupid. That's nothing that my family would talk about. And then they found out that their mom was saying that it happened, and they're like, oh, Mama Langford said it? Yep, it happened. Like, completely changed their tune. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, that's okay. That's some character right there. So believe Mama Langford. Right. And at first, and I feel a little bad for the family because obviously they got ridiculed for this pretty hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's another thing with with people that report these sightings is, especially nowadays, is you know as soon as you speak on something like this, people are going to think you lost your mind. Well, you're going to have a lot of attention either way. Yeah, and it's usually not good attention. So I feel like mm-hmm. anyone that's like brave enough to speak on something like this, something had to happen to them. They may have misconstrued it a little bit, but something definitely may have ha- definitely happened to them. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have to run to the police in the middle of the night begging for help because your home is being terrorized. You don't do that over nothing, over yeah, some owls. Definitely don't do it over owls. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I don't think it was... I mean, obviously, I don't think it was owl, owls, but I don't think it was aliens either. So maybe... Maybe some little tricky demons of sorts. Not tricksters, per no. se, but, but demons nonetheless. I don't know. Yeah, I got. I don't know. I I got a real beef with with tricksters because, like I said, usually people take them on and think they're cute, and they're like, "Oh, they're not going to hurt you. They're just going to mess with you." And I'm like, maybe they're like messing with you till they can figure out how to do something to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Stop messing with them and thinking they're cute. Yeah, that's why... Uh, They'll steal your keys today and your baby tomorrow. How about that one? That's why for probably the, the spans of, of however long we're doing this, you will not hear me report on anything that is overtly demonic. Because homie don't play that. No. Never no, have. No homies nowhere should play that. Never will. I, uh, like, some of the forest stuff talks, like, about how some of it more, might be a little more, you know demonic or darker certainly but Mm -hmm. i will never go out of my way to find a demon story or the possession stuff i don't mm, mm, Mm -mm. mm -mm. that is way beyond my uh my Mm know-how my comprehension and it scares the crap out of me now one thing to bring it back a little bit to the possibility they might be aliens is possibly being able to slip between dimensions yeah now i'd still rather call them interdimensional beings at that point though well who's to say that 
aliens aren't interdimensional beings because you got to think about it they probably had to cross light years and that takes a lot of time well yeah. how do you cut that time out and obviously i'm no scientist i've listened to a lot of people like neil degrasse tyson talk about different things like everyone else in the world but it would on the surface level it makes sense to me if you slip out of a dimension and back into it you could do that and not lose a lot of time like you would trying to travel light years of space mm -hmm. so if you can harness that and that's how you got here to begin with it would make sense to me that you could do it in smaller instances like slip out of that dimension while they're investigating slip back in when everything's nice and calm yeah but see but then why would you need a ship that runs on rainbows <laughs> lucky charm ship <laughs> lucky charms fueled ship <laughs> Because they're definitely taking all the marshmallows from the factory, and that's what they're doing with them. Well, you know, we didn't get to sit these things down because they were too pelted with bullets to to ask these important questions. Oh, my God. Can you imagine them? Like, I mean, you shoot a thing with a shotgun. I mean, you, whatever. If the thing bounces off, it is what it is. But you would imagine that might leave a dent. These things have got to be, like, all pelted and Something. dented in at some point. Yeah. I don't know. But that's the only thing that I can possibly tie them back with with aliens is the whole interdimensional. Now, I know a lot of people say, like, Bigfoot is an interdimensional being, and that's how they can explain him being one place and another in the next. I don't know how much I buy that. Uh, but it makes more sense to me that aliens could do that. I will remain the show skeptic. and No, that's fine. And I try to take all the stories with, with a healthy grain of salt. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, part of it is fun talking about just because it's outlandish. Mm -hmm. But then when you try to think about it and piece it together, that's when you're like, okay, but what could theoretically happen? I want interdimensional travel to be a thing. I don't think Bigfoot's doing that. I don't know if I, I don't do. Think he, I don't think he figured it out. No, but what if, like, you, okay, so, like, you make a wrong turn driving down the street now. What if somebody makes the wrong turn on interdimensional travel and they end up in your living room? And you're in your boxers trying to watch some Netflix. Like, no. no that's problematic. You know, yeah. Netflix and show one moment and the next. <laughs> yeah, somebody in your yeah. house. Like, oh. Then you got a rainbow ship in your living room. and. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I get, well, there's pros and cons. <laughs> there's pros and cons <laughs> to everything. Pros and cons. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's all. That's all. I just don't think if anybody's doing it, Bigfoot's uh, with, with however smart people th might think he is, I don't think that a Sasquatch has figured out interdimensional travel. Dimensional. Fair enough. I don't think you could do it either. Um, but people love them some Bigfoot. People do love them some Bigfoot. And Bigfoot's interesting. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he's just not my favorite. I like his cousin, the Yeti. The Yeti's probably my favorite. Yeti, I, I like. Yeah. I've always loved those stories. That's I, definitely going to yeah. be a pretty might be our christmas special it's more exotic i think that'll be our christmas special is the christmas yeti special. head to the oh god where's where's the yeti supposed to be himalayans i think himalayas okay. yeah Appalachian honestly Alabama. i think anywhere there, there's snowy mountains there's probably been reports of north pole santa's actually a yeti <laughs> um as funny as that is i'm sure someone said that oh yeah as a, as a legitimate proposed theory oh yeah no, I mean, I'm sure it's floating out there somewhere in the ethos. Um, but so to, Hopkinsville goblins, I mean. So yeah, we're they're a little inconclusive. Mm -hmm. uh, the town 
actually, I mean, after making fun of the family, unfortunately, for quite a while uh, through the local newspaper, eventually began to embrace it. At least some of the townsfolk did. And they now have a festival every year called the Little Green Men Festival, which irks me a little bit because actually, so the Little Green Men, the phrase that we've all heard a thousand times, actually comes from this story. And it's a misquote. And that's why it drives me crazy because they actually said they were gray, not green. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, as as peeved as you were, I'm sure the family was pissed. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. You guys didn't believe us for the longest time, and now you're celebrating it? Yeah. But so now that's going down. And actually, as of last year, there was an interesting date that the festival fell on. So on the anniversary of this sighting, that's when the, the eclipse was occurring. And huh. Hopkinsville had one of the most, mo- had totality the most, uh, mm, that's wrong. Hopkinsville had some of the highest totality you could see. I think it was like 98% totality. So it was like one of the, the destinations to go to see the eclipse last year. During the eclipse, and it was yeah. very. It's just very strange that it fell on that same day. Mm-hmm. I, as far as I've heard, they've not got visited by them. But it's an interesting coincidence. I was going to say, I'm sure there are Langfords still hanging around. Yeah, totally. Hmm. Well, interesting. Fun. I've got actually one possibly recent occurrence of these guys, though, that someone that claims to have seen them in, I believe, 2016, if I'm not, if I'm correct, um, they reported it to... Excuse me, let me find the source because I'm going to... Someone reported to weekandweird.com. That's week like a work week, mm-hmm. not not strong week. Yeah. Uh, and they reported to this person and, and gave their account, and they think that they encountered the Hopkinsville goblins. And I'm just going to just read through this real quick, and let's see see what this unfortunate person encountered. And they're actually from a county that I lived in, so that makes it extra weird for me. So this other sighting was in Kentucky. Yes, very recent. Another part of the state, but it's not a huge state, so it's, it, you know... Well, yeah. It's also like 50 years later or so. hmm Okay. So the gentleman says, I'm located in Pike County. I've lived in this area for just under seven months, and in that time, the majority of the harassment has occurred within the past three. I did not become aware of any strangeness until early December. At first, it was merely strange tracks in the snow around my home. I had initially imagined that they were some kind of animal though it closely resembled a human footprint minus the heel. At that time, I was under the impression that it was simply a single creature. It wasn't until weeks later that I began to suspect that I was dealing with a number of what I thought were individuals hazing me upon my arrival to the area. At this point, I was incapable of keeping my dog outdoors overnight. Any attempt to leave her leashed would result in her barking herself hoarse until she was allowed back indoors. In the weeks leading up to this particular evening, I awoke to find my shed doors open on several occasions. Many of my children's toys missing or moved, and my yard in general disarray. I had already given a report to the police, who were making it increasingly clear that they were not interested in my case, barring barring physical harm on a large-scale theft. Hmm. The second week of January, I am having breakfast with my family, when my five-year-old daughter begins talking about the kids without hair. That's weird. That's really weird. When my wife inquired about these kids, she informed us that she had spent the previous night watching them play in the yard. 
As you can imagine, this was some this was of some concern. I asked my da- daughter what these kids looked like. She told me that they were bald like grandpa and weren't wearing any clothes. The very same day, I found the wreath that hangs on our rear porch stuffed into our mailbox. I purchased and installed motion-activated floodlights the following day, and for a time, problems ceased. It wasn't until the end of February that our daughter informed us that the bald kids had returned. I was awoken to the sound to my daughter screaming and rushed to her bedroom, only to meet her halfway down the hall. When my wife and I were finally able to calm her down enough to speak, she told us that the kids were trying to peer in her window, but they couldn't reach, and instead had taken to tapping on it. She hasn't slept in her own bedroom since. It was that morning that I had phoned the police for the second time, and they responded by finally sending a trooper to our residence. I informed him of the regular mischief and how I was unable to let my dog outdoors after dusk and of the bald kids. I want to meet these people. When we found the ground disturbed just under my daughter's bedroom window, the officer informed me matter-of-factly that we were dealing with an animal that I would be better off contacting the game commission than waste their resources any further. Almost every day for the following week, I would find some evidence that something or someone had been on my property the previous night. Smudges on the windows were not uncommon, stones from the walkway dragged to the other side of the lawn, and I found tears in the screen door. Tears, I'm sorry. (laughs) That would be even weirder, tears in the screen door. (laughs) Found tears in the screen door. On Wednesday, the 7th of March, I finally witnessed the kids without hair for myself. The dog woke me up around 1.30 a.m., scratching at the back door and whimpering to be let out. I noticed that the motion floodlight was on and went to the kitchen window to check that the shed doors were still closed when I realized that I could see the shadow of an individual cast across my lawn. From the angle I was positioned at the window, I could not actually see the source of the shadow or the floodlights. The dog was pacing circles around the back door and I could hear someone rifling through a box on the porch. Filled with more anger than common sense, the only reaction I could muster was to bang loudly on the window and yell, at which point I heard the screen door on the porch swing open and slam against the house. I heard what I can only describe as a chirping at this point. This sounded much like a skunk, if more, except more guttural. I then realized that there were more than two people on my property, and the shadow, which had been reacting as if it didn't know which way to turn, was quickly joined by another. For a moment, I watched as the shadows chirped at one another when I noticed a figure out of the corner of my eye. Standing in the flower bed just to the bottom left of my window was a small humanoid figure with sickly pale skin, completely hairless, standing roughly four feet. It was looking in the direction of the shadows, and had currently come from around the left side of the house, opposite the porch, and had noticed me as and had not noticed me as far as I could tell. Its face was devoid of features save for the large round eyes, very reminiscent in shape and color of a bird's eye. It had no nose to speak of and only a small slit for a mouth. It didn't appear to move its mouth as it chirped, sounding more as if the noises originated from its throat. It was most certainly not a wild animal and even more certainly not a child. I was too terrified to move and watch the creature as the creature hopped to, to the others and together they scrambled into the woods to the right side of my property. It was clear that there were at least five in the group. I have not mentioned this particular incident to my wife, and the only other person who I have spoken about these creatures are yourself and the close friend who introduced me to a mutual friend. I would prefer to keep things that way and to... mm, I don't know what that is. And to approach this with discretion. 
Now, obviously, this person still doesn't feel this way because it was sent to a person who openly informed them they would be posting it on the internet. Mm -hmm. That is why we are sharing it now. Since that evening, my dog has gone missing from the porch. Yet to return, and I can only imagine that his disappearance has to do with these creatures. I've gone looking for him during daylight hours only to find many of my missing belongings scattered at the entrance to an abandoned mine shaft at the far edge of my property. I don't dare go outside. My friend has convinced me that the experience is similar to that of visitation experiences, providing me with material and references to back up his claims. I am aware of the outlandish nature of what I have told you, but I am afraid that I have no other explanation for what I have seen, at least not at this time. I can see no other option than to seal the entrance to the mine. I cannot achieve this on my own, and I am too frightened to try. I don't dare share this information with others for fear of ruining my career and reputation of my family. Was that like a, like yeah. a recruitment message? Was he like trying to find somebody to help him board this thing off? Yeah, poor guy was just looking for some help because these people took his dog off or something. Terrorizing his home, scared his little girl. But these left footprints, and that's the picture that I have for you right there that you can look at. Finally. Well, okay, way clearer on this. The hmm. only beef I have with this is that the original Hopkinsville goblins did not leave footprints. And the family spoke very clearly that they they almost floated around. Well, this looks like... Like, there's water puddling in this. Like, this is... Well, eastern Kentucky gets rain all the time. Yeah, so it's, this is straight mud. And it's not common for, for there to be a lot of mud. And it's very mountainous. It's not like a lot of grassland. So maybe on the farmland it wasn't... Like, maybe it was fresher ground. Like maybe Oh, was, I get you. So, like, maybe the ground was a little bit harder... Uh, I don't think a little that's grassier, yeah. Way you know, so far off. That's possible. I mean, I could see. I'm, other than that, I don't know why the two cases would be different in that regard. Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting. It's definitely creepy. Um, that's super creepy. Yeah, his account is even creepier than the first one. Yeah. And then you throw an abandoned mine shaft in. And that one, that one, I'm like, uh, abandoned mine shaft. I mean, to be fair, it's coal mine country, so there are mine shafts dotted throughout. Yeah, so what, what what makes him think that they're coming specifically from that and not the forest, though? Well, I think he said that he had found, um, like, signs leading from the mine. Oh. Yeah. I want to know if he boarded it up. I want to know how that went. Yeah. I'm not sure. He's He was left anonymous on the on the site. So we don't know, which I will link to in uh, on the on the website if you want to find this episode. There, we'll have all the all the pictures and, and links to go along with it, so you can dig into our sources as well. Wow! But yeah, so those two encounters, Hopkinsville goblins. What do you think? So when was this one? You say? Uh, I think what around two thousand sixteen ish. Oh wow! Yeah, pretty recent. Way recent. Yeah. Um. Well, God, that makes that that one's more believable than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a little. You get that man's first first hand account. Yeah, I tried to find some first like like interviews like that one mm-hmm. um, with the family members, but from where it's so long ago. Well, yeah, and those are the only two apparent sightings, so mm-hmm. or experiences, I should say. Um, I don't know. I mean, he didn't see a ship either, so that's. I mean, that's a plus. Um, well, I mean. Not a plus. He just didn't see a ship, and we never confirmed a ship, so that's okay. Mm-hmm. Similar happenings. These ones seem a little bit more mischievous mm-hmm. if they're not, you know, the same actual group of beings. No, they, they weren't being shot at, too. 
If the other ones hadn't been shot true. at, who knows what they would have done. True, true. I wonder why they liked messing with the daughter, and mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily come around to his bedroom window. Do you think they existed point? at all, though? Between both of these, do you think they even existed, or do you think they're spending spending some tails? Spending some yarn? I'm going to... I'm going to say could have. Yeah. That's, that's about all I can leave it at, though. Like, I think... Something definitely happened that wasn't an owl. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think. I don't know if it was UFO or not, though. I think they definitely encountered some creatures, but I don't know if they were necessarily aliens. Yeah. And I'm glad they shot them. <laughs> the first time, at least, yeah. That maybe that. Maybe they're like, okay, we don't mess with these guys. No. Yeah. Um. So that's the Hopkinsville Goblins, guys. That's the Goblins. Yeah. Okay. So we've got, after this one, we're going to have another Urban Legends for you. We're not really sure where we're going to pick that one yet. Um, so if listeners, if you guys want to email in and say you, you want this from your your home region, you just reach us at creepycampfirepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us some. Yeah. Let us know. We want to hear. Um and beyond that, if you guys if you, if you have episode ideas, we want to know what you want to hear. This mm-hmm. is for you guys. Uh, if you just want to talk to us, tell us how much you like the show. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Facebook is up. We're going to try to get some, I don't know, pictures of ourselves or something on there, I guess. Oh, good. I didn't know Facebook was up. That's awesome. Yeah, so we'll start getting, getting things posted there. Um, yeah. So please feel free to reach out to us. Um, I'm, I'm very excited to let you know. Jordan, do you know how far we're reaching people right now? Um, I don't, not, we're, not to, not to the extent that you do. We're in about a third of the States out of the 50 United States and Ooh. we're in four different countries. So we are officially international. International. Right. Who would have pre- thought? It's pretty exciting. Um, so reach out to us, talk to us, let us know, um, especially on episode ideas. Not that we have a shortage of that, but we want to give you guys what you want to hear. Um, so like I said, reach out to us at creepy campfire podcast at gmail.com. And yeah. you can check out the companion blog site at creepycampfirepodcast.weebly.com. And Jordan, what, how can they find us on Facebook? Um, you know, just search creep, Creepy Campfire Stories on Facebook. Is it stories? Uh-huh. Okay, just making sure it's, it's stories, not anything else. Creepy Campfire Stories on Facebook. Um, you can leave us a comment there. You can you can drop us a suggestion. Like I said, the more, more feedback we get, the more content we have overall. And uh, that's what we thrive on. So. Absolutely. So back into the scheduling. So next week, or yeah, next week you're going to have an Urban Legends episode. We're not sure on where yet, but it's going to happen. And then after that, it's going to be be a Jordan Jordan episode. And then following that, we'll have our Halloween special mm-hmm. on werewolves. So yeah. Until next time, everybody. Oh 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 my goodness! I almost totally forgot. This is something I've been forgetting since the first episode. I have to give credit where credit is due. So, we never gave a proper shout-out to the person that created our logo. Oh, yeah. So, Joshua Machola PJ. is the, the gentleman that made our wonderful logo that hopefully all of you guys are, are enjoying that maybe we can possibly get on stickers and hats and, and all that coffee mug fun yeah, stuff. a little apparel. Uh, that's way down the road, way down the road. Yeah. But it'll be cool <laughs> if we could actually get there. A couple more listeners first. Yeah, no, but, but it's cool anyway. So, if you... If anyone out there is looking for any kind of graphic design, graphic art, anything like that, um, 
Joshua Machola is totally up to do it. Um, really good to work with. We gave him bare bones to figure out our logo. We were just like, hey, this is just the theme of our show. Can you can you make something to fit that? Didn't tell him, hey, I want fire, crossbones, none of that kind of stuff. I was just like, this is the title. This is what it's going to be about. And he made that amazing design for us. So if you'd like an amazing design as well, go check him out. I'm going to leave uh, a link to his website in the show notes. So now we can end this properly. Thanks again, PJ. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, PJ. So until next time, everybody, stay toasty. Stay toasty. Stay toasty.